uh, 1 Thessalonians, which is on page 1186. So 1 Thessalonians, starting at the beginning of chapter 1, on page 1186. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God. Thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Thank you, David. Do please uh, keep your Bibles open on that page. And we'll be looking at that uh, number of times together. Why don't I just say a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much that you sent your Son, and uh, we praise you that um, in him, as we trust in him, and are united to him by his Spirit, we can have complete confidence about the future, we'll be saved from uh, the coming wrath. Praise you, Heavenly Father, that And that is the gospel that we proclaim. It's the same gospel that um, Paul and Silas and Timothy told the Thessalonians um, 2,000 years ago. I pray now as we look at the beginning of this letter they wrote to them, uh, that we would be really encouraged uh, by what we see here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, examples matter. Examples matter. Um. I'm sure it's true for many of us here that there are many things about our past, um, maybe particularly in our late teens, um, that are dark or or troubled that we're not proud of in one way or another. Um, After that period, for me, one of the things that was really influential in bringing me to the Lord Jesus Christ as an adult was seeing Christians and experiencing uh, a particular church and seeing an example of, of uh, a church in my life. Many of us here will be able to say the same thing. We can think of particular individuals or particular churches. We'll be able to remember examples of Christians who really mattered to us 
at a crucial moment. Others of us may have Christian heroes, people either that we know personally or or we read lots of their stuff or figures from history that particularly inspire us. They set an example that we long to emulate and they encourage us a lot. Examples matter to us. And many of us will resonate with that as we think of some of those great and encouraging examples uh, from our lives. But not all examples matter because they're encouraging. I saw someone recently describe on Facebook that they felt sad at what they saw as a separation so often between Christ and Christians. Some of us here will probably struggle with the idea of following Jesus because of the example set by Christians, both today and in history. When I talk about my faith at work uh, with friends there, it isn't long before someone says, all wars in history are caused by religion. You must have heard that. I'm sure you've heard that from, from some of your friends. Now, that's, that's usually meant sincerely uh, when my friends uh, say it. Uh, but I do push back on it a little bit because it is a touch cynical and over the top, to be honest. Uh, communism uh, has caused many wars. Nazism caused one big war. And these were secular ideologies, supposedly based on science, both of them. Genghis Khan waged huge wars, and he was a pluralist. Uh, the British Empire invaded almost every country in the world. Um, And much of that was driven by capitalism. Uh, So I do tend to push back on that statement when my friends make it. But at the same time, what they say is a truism, isn't it? It is over the top, but there is something about it that niggles away. Christians in history have behaved very badly and very violently in the name of Christ at times. And actually, Paul gives this warning in another letter um, to the church in Galatia. In Galatians 5.15, he says, If you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. And I take it that Paul gave that warning, among many others that he gives, precisely because that is how people sometimes behave. Jealousy, disloyalty, backstabbing, anger, Gossip, just some of the things of what biting and devouring each other look like in practice. And it's not just that Paul mentions it. All of us know that these things sometimes happen in churches because they've happened to us all at some point, one time or another. Most of us probably know someone who used to go to church but no longer does because they've, they've experienced Christians being horrible and the example they've seen has put them off. And, and this is harder to admit, we surely know that people in church sometimes behave in those ways because all of us here sometimes do as well ourselves. That's certainly true of me. Whether good or bad, examples matter. Examples matter. There's two things that Paul says about examples we're going to pull out from this chapter. The first one is this how examples can encourage, and the second one is how we can be encouraging examples. How examples can encourage, and how we can be encouraging examples. Both of these ideas are are weaved through the whole of the chapter, so we'll briefly look over the whole chapter twice. So firstly, how examples can encourage. How examples can encourage. Please take a look at verses 1 to 3 again. Paul, Silas, and Timothy... 
to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, throughout chapter 1, the Thessalonians are held up as an example. And the first benefit of that is this. Being a good example creates an encouraging memory. The Thessalonians give Paul, Silas, and Timothy a reason to thank God. We always thank God for all of you, they say. And then the following phrase that's translated continually mention is a phrase in the original language that literally means making remembrance of you in our prayers. That's why they say in verse 3, we remember, therefore, because they're making remembrance, we remember before our God and Father these things about you. And not only are Paul, Silas, and Timothy encouraged by that memory, they encourage the Thessalonians back by telling them that they're thanking God for them. Just as an aside, I found that um, Richard Newman is a much better encourager than I am. Um, And I've been trying to work out why that is in recent weeks. There's lots of reasons, uh, but one small detail is that when I thank someone, I just say, thanks for doing this, if I remember to do it. I say, thanks for doing that. But I've noticed that Richard tends to, when he thanks me at least, he often says, I thank God for you. I thank God for that thing you've done. Uh, Isn't that sort of fantastic? Something about that just feels more encouraging somehow. Um, And I'm trying to remember to copy him more and more. So do copy Richard in that particular instance. (laughs) You know, I I wanted to compliment you. Somehow it came over rude. I don't know how. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, anyway. Being a good example creates an encouraging memory. It helps us build up a positive view of the past, which all of us need. But please look now again at verses 4 and 5. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. Being a good example visibly confirms your status before God. Now, I know there's a really big idea mentioned here about God choosing people. Um, I don't want to get lost down that particular rabbit hole because we could get quite distracted and that might feel discouraging, which is ironic about a talk all about encouragement. Um, So if you do want to know more about that, then ask Richard Newman later um, and he can thank me for directing people in his direction. Or thank God indeed for me doing that. Uh, But just to say that however we understand that idea, um, and it is a big one to think about, however we understand it, A massive question that we often ask is, well, have I been chosen by God? That's one of the first things that comes to our minds. You know, there's a temptation to get discouraged, feeling, oh, I can never really answer that for sure, etc., etc., all that kind of stuff. Well, here, Paul, Silas, and Timothy are able to talk with confidence about being chosen, and it's not even about themselves. They're talking with confidence about someone else being chosen by God. For we know, they say, that he has chosen you. In other words, we have this confidence, assurance, 
not just in ourselves, but in your salvation. What an amazing blessing. What an encouragement. That encouragement comes because the Thessalonians are a good example. So looking at them, they're able to say, wow, you are chosen by God. Being a good example visibly confirms. It makes plain for everyone to see your status before God as his child, as someone chosen by him. Now look at, if you don't mind, verses 5 and 6 again. Uh, And actually there's a word here in the original language that's not been translated in English. I'm going to insert it as I read. Uh, Do spot it as I do so. So verse 5. Because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction, just as you know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. The Thessalonians did these things that they did in verse 5, just as you know how we lived. What makes the Bible so exciting is that you can understand these verses, uh, reading them in English, uh, sort of pretty well, but there's, there's always more depth to go into. And I think this is quite a helpful point, which is why I'm drawing it out. What did the Thessalonians do? They received God's word with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction, which is just the same way that Paul, Silas, and Timothy lived among them. We'll come back to that a bit later, because it's quite important for piecing together what their good example actually is. But the point here is that being imitators of Paul and Silas and Timothy was just as the way that they lived among them. What's more, verse 6, by being an example just as Paul and Silas and Timothy lived among them, they became imitators not only of Paul and Silas and Timothy, but imitators of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when someone is a good example, it is as though Jesus is there. If we imitate Christ, it is just as though he is living among us. Now, there's examples of that working the other way around in the Bible. Let me um, read you some words from Mark's Gospel, um, chapter 8, verses 32 and 33. Jesus spoke plainly about his need to suffer and die, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. Peter is being discouraging. He is pushing back on Jesus' plan to give himself to save others. And he points the finger at Jesus, his master, and starts telling him off. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Because with the kind of example that Peter is setting, it's as though Satan is there speaking through him. Now, perhaps you know, you remember a discussion uh, and the mood of the discussion sours and becomes prickly or full of anger or whatever. It feels as though someone or something evil is present right there. That's what it often feels like. It's tangible in the room. You can cut it uh, with a knife. Flip that on its head. The Thessalonians set such an example that they were imitators of Christ. When you're around them, It felt as though Jesus was with you tangibly. 
Can you think of people that make you feel like that? People who imitate Christ, and it feels like he's there with you. Being a good example makes people feel as though Jesus is around because they're imitating him, just as um, Paul and Silas and Timothy lived among the people. One last thing to to pull out about um, how examples can encourage is in verses 7 and 8. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. Being a good example is infectious and points to God because it speaks for itself. See that? It's infectious. For those of us who've been struck with the norovirus, I hope that language isn't insensitive, um, but I couldn't think of a better word. Um, Verse 7, you became a model. Verse 8, your faith in God has become known everywhere. It speaks for itself. Verse 8, therefore we do not need to say anything about it. People saw this example and it spread like wildfire. And they didn't need to do anything. Look a bit closer though at Paul's language. It is very carefully worded what Paul says. The good example set by the Thessalonians is not one that encourages jealousy or draws attention to itself. It's not quite the same as fame in the way that we have it today. As the example that they have set becomes more and more known, look at how Paul describes it in verse 8. The Lord's message rang out. The Thessalonians' example is equivalent to the message of the gospel. As people hear about them, it's, it's the same as people hearing about Jesus. It's not a, a rival to it. It's not that people hear the message about Jesus and there's this kind of you know, amazing Christian church that's, you know, and they're kind of pulling in different directions. Their example is, is, is a type of fame, you could say, that somehow points to him and away from themselves. Somehow points people to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is just a few ways, I think, that examples can encourage. Being a good example creates an encouraging memory. Being a good example visibly confirms your status with God. Being a good example makes people feel as though Jesus is, is there with us. Being a good example is infectious and points to God because it speaks for itself. You don't need to, um, uh, you don't need to trumpet your own uh, example that you set. Now, would you like to be a church that sets an example like that? Would you like to be an individual that sets an example like that? I don't know about you, but I'd I'd absolutely love it. I would love to be a great example that encourages other people. Imagine that. Isn't that absolutely fantastic? People hear about Christchurch, and they're encouraged for miles around. Okay, all over Turkey. Well, it doesn't have to be Macedonia, okay, but you know, all over the UK. That's where we are. How? How do we be an encouraging example in that way? There's two things, I think. We receive God's word and we change. What exactly is the Thessalonians' example that they set? What is it that Paul, Silas, and Timothy remember about them? 
in verse 3. We remember your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So the example that the Thessalonians set involves work, labor, and endurance, but the source of that work, labor, and endurance is faith, hope, and love. In other words, if you ask Paul, okay, so what would it look like if I were or we were to be an encouraging example? Then Paul would say, well, it would look like this. You would be working, you would be laboring, um, and you would be enduring stuff. But if you ask Paul, okay, well, what should I be growing then? Where should I be developing to become an encouraging example? He would say, well, you should be growing in faith, hope, and love. That's what produces those things. We've sometimes kept a small orange plant in our house. Uh, If the boys come back from school one day um, and saw me trying to make the oranges bigger by pulling them like this, uh, then they would say, Dad, you are totally nuts for doing that. Actually, that's not an uncommon sentence that they say in my house. They would say, you know, if you want the oranges to get bigger then water the plant. Don't try and make them bigger by pulling them. That's ridiculous. An encouraging example works. It labors and it endures. But if you want to grow those fruits, water the plant. Grow in faith, hope, and love because faith produces work. Love prompts labor and hope inspires endurance. Those are all relationship ideas. I was talking to uh, someone this morning uh, about being a mum with a very young child, and it was their first um, uh, child. And many, many days, she was saying, she just wants to stay in bed because she's just so tired because she can't sleep at night because of the child. But you know what? She finds herself getting up day after day at 7 a.m., and she labors for him and works really hard for him because she loves him. It's her child. You know, sort of labor and work, they just come out naturally when you love someone. That's why Paul and Silas and Timothy go on to say what they do, I think, in verse 5. What is it that the Thessalonians did that was just the way, just as Paul and Silas and Timothy lived among them in the same way? It was the way the Thessalonians received God's word. Verse 5 again, Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. In what way in particular did the Thessalonians imitate Paul, Silas, and Timothy and therefore also imitate Jesus? Verse 6. You became imitators of us and of the Lord for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. What is it in particular that makes the Thessalonians an encouraging example? It is how they received the message they heard. That's it. The Thessalonians are an example because of the way they respond to God's words. It is verse 8, their faith in God that has become known everywhere. It's not the works produced by that faith. That's very interesting, isn't it? Paul doesn't say, everyone's heard of that amazing thing you did, helping all those leprous people, or you know that kind of amazing homeless project you had. It's, it's their faith 
that is the thing that's become well known. Now that faith does produce work, but it's the faith that becomes the great example. That relationship produces work, prompts labor, and inspires endurance, but the fruits of the relationship are not what Paul holds up and celebrates. Receiving God's word by faith means changing as you hear it. Verses 9 and 10, I think, show that. They tell, this is what people say about them, they tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. The Thessalonians heard God's word and they were convicted by it, so they turned to God trusted in him and have their hope set on his son for the future. What does that mean for how we become an encouraging example? What it means is this. It means no matter who you are, no matter what your background is, no matter how successful or no matter how difficult or troubled your background, no matter how you are feeling today, whether you've had a really good day or you've had a really tough day, You can be an encouraging example to everyone around you right now. You can be an imitator of the Thessalonians, an imitator of Paul, Silas, and Timothy, an imitator of the Lord Jesus Christ, and therefore bring all of those benefits that we described earlier. To do that, all you have to do is receive God's word and change in light of it. What are you going to do right now as you hear God speaking to you, as you hear these these verses read? See, the more I reflect on this, the more I realize what Paul is saying is absolutely genius. Because it's possible for someone to be a positive example that is not encouraging. Okay? You ever come across one of those? I can think of someone who often makes reference to themselves when giving advice um, as a positive example that others are supposed to follow. Oh, when I did, da 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 I did it like this, and it was great. You should do it like that. Uh, or when I do, do 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 I do it like that, and it's really good. You should do this thing like this. And you know what? Their advice might be really excellent, but I find it really hard to hear. Okay? I find it really hard. I'm not encouraged by it. Don't know about you. I usually walk away feeling crushed. Why aren't I as good as that guy? You know? That is a positive example that is not encouraging. That's not what Paul holds out here. He doesn't puff up the Thessalonians either by telling them how great they've been. He doesn't commend them as an example because they're good at stuff. Let's look at what Paul doesn't say. Let's try and sort of underline this. Paul does not say, you're a great example, Thessalonians, because you're a really big church. He doesn't say, you're a great example because you're really good at evangelism. He doesn't say, you're a great example because you have really great preaching at Thessalonica. He doesn't say, you're a great example because you get 150 people to the prayer meeting every month. He doesn't say, you're a great example because you know your Bible really well. He doesn't say you're a great example because many of you are academics and doctors. He doesn't say, you're a great example because you don't look at stuff you shouldn't do. He doesn't say you're a great example because you're really successful. He doesn't say you're a great example because your theology is really fantastic. He doesn't say you're a great example because you're really popular and people like you. He doesn't say in any way... You're a great example because you do things well. He mentions some stuff they do purely as evidence of that relationship in one verse. 
He says, you're a great example that's really encouraging because you receive God's word and you try and change and turn around as you do so. And do you know what? People have heard that all over Turkey. And you know, it transformed lives when people heard that. It was amazing. It was just incredible. That's what they heard. It is in your power right now to be a model Christian and a really encouraging example to other people. You can do that today. You can do it tomorrow. You can do it this week. Being a really encouraging example to others is not about doing really, really well. It's about accepting right now that Christ has done really well for me and therefore throwing myself on him because I know that I haven't done really well I've been over here worshipping idols, doing that kind of stuff. Actually, I can put my hope in him and the future's secure. I was really struggling. I have been really struggling to think how do I express this um, sort of properly, correctly. And so I did what all good curates should do. I phoned up the vicar and asked him what I should say. And, um, And Steve had some really good advice. He said this. He said... Basically, I think, Pete, what you're trying to say from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 is this. The example that you set and being an encouragement is not about past achievement. It's not about layering up so many sort of good things that people kind of look at all of these brilliant things you've done and they kind of go, I'm really encouraged because that guy's fantastic and he's got all of these notches under his belt and stuff. Neither is setting a good example that encourages others about uh, sort of um, neither is it destroyed by having a shadowy past that's kind of difficult with things in it that are troublesome and hard for you, okay? Any sense in which you think about your past in that way and think that affects me right now, okay, is mistaken. The question is, how do I respond to God's word now? Will I change right now? Well, I trust him right now as he comes and speaks to me. And as I do that, I set an example that is really deeply encouraging, one that spreads like, uh, I want to say like the norovirus, but you know, you know what I mean. One that spreads out there, one that doesn't need, it speaks for itself, okay? And one that transforms lives and points people to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to say a short prayer. And then we're going to um, uh, sing together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that the Lord Jesus Christ has done really well. Uh, We praise you so much, Heavenly Father, that um, this church in Thessalonica was really encouraging to so many people across Macedonia and Achaia. We thank you so much that people um, were so encouraged, they spread the news about what they were like um, and what they'd done. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that Paul does not encourage them by listing all of these achievements. But that's not the way that we function as the church. Instead, Heavenly Father, um, they are deeply encouraging simply because they respond to you humbly and turn around. And Father, how exciting it is that right now we can become an encouraging example for others. Whatever that means for us in this moment, 
uh, in this week, in this month. Please, we pray, help us to accept your word with full conviction, with the power of the Holy Spirit, and to turn from idols, to worship the living and true God, and to wait for your Son who comes from heaven to save us from the coming wrath. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.